1: It's mentally yours from Ellen and I've focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally,
0: mentally yours, mentally yours, mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to mentally yours, metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Shei Akiwowo, she's the author of How to Stay Safe Online. We're going to be chatting about how online abuse can affect mental health and how to protect yourself on social media.
2: My name is Shay Akiwowo. I founded a charity called Glitch, and I'm the CEO. And our mission is to make the online space safe for everyone. We do this by encouraging people to be digital citizens and for tech companies to do a whole lot more about online safety. Fantastic. So could you start off by telling us a bit more about your charity, Glitch, and about exactly um, what it does? Yeah. So Glitch is about creating ways that the most marginalised, and this tends to be women, and particularly women of colour, how the most marginalised can enjoy the online space. There's a tendency when we're talking about about the online space that we have to um, be tolerant to abuses and violence and behavior that we just wouldn't tolerate offline. And that distracts us from being able to enjoy the freedoms of the online space, our digital rights, community, money, entertainment, education. Um, that's all That's all currently been under attack and even more so with um, Elon Musk takeover and the layoffs of thousands of staff across many tech companies, which a lot of them are in the Trust and Safety Council, which is so keen to keep an online spaces safe. Glitch also has trainings and um, workshops on the website. And that's also what was the kind of, Nicholas starting point for Glitch and also the starting point for my book, How to Stay Safe Online, which is all about equipping people with resources, top tips, advice on how to stay safe and how their allies and their ecosystem and community can stay safe as well. So obviously, this is a mental health podcast. Um, how can online abuse affect people's mental
0: health? Um, do you think in the short and the long term?
2: Yeah, I talk about this in the book. Um Quite early on, because I think it's really important for us to be really clear the impact of online abuse so I define online abuse and uh, and online violence and I talk about the ripple effects that it can have on the individual on their friends and family on their careers on their finances and part of that effect on the individual and their ecosystem is psychological and is on their mental health and well-being um, there's been lots and lots of studies around um, the impact of online uh, online usage the 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 what it does on our attention span, what it does in staying in this heightened space, this heightened space of of um of activation of trauma, if you like, whether that's fight, freeze, flight, and fall. And we know we don't make the most healthy decisions when we are in that kind of unregulated um nervous system type space. Um and we see that when people are on when when people are online, they um, are less likely to be engaging in the platform from a more informed place, a more a, a calmer space but also people who are receiving of online abuse and we know women are 27 times more likely to face abuse than uh, men and we know that black women are 84% more likely to face abuse than white women that there's now a psychological element to this and we've seen that people are silencing themselves are facing um uh PTSD from being on the platform um um uh, a feeling uh, having going through de- depressive episodes, there's been conversations and studies around suicide, and that then has a ripple effect on people being able to show up at work, show up in their community, volunteering, school, studying you name it. Um, so when we talk about the impact of online abuse, it is psychological, it does have an impact on mental health and well being, but then that also leads to kind of um physical um impacts too.
0: Yeah, those statistics are pretty shocking, and I think. For some people, maybe the older generation, they maybe don't understand the impact that people's online life can have on their health. And I think, you know, some people can have the tendency to say, oh, why don't you just stop using social media? Why don't you just come off your phone? Why don't you sort of come off these platforms? Um, But what would you say to people who are saying that that's their answer to if somebody's experiencing online abuse?
2: I I frankly say, um, and I think sometimes it's important to speak um, speak truth to power, I call that victim-blaming language, and it's really unhelpful. And it, it is something that is so ingrained into our everyday thinking that we really have to be more conscious about it. And I talk about this um, a lot in the book, book around making sure that the language we use, um, whether that's verbally or online, does not make out that the person going through online abuse is too weak, too sensitive and should just get over it these these this this fuels a a a um, silencing effect on the victim that that buries this situation it means people are suffering in silence and going back to some really important stats we know that people are feeling more anxious on the platforms and then there's perpetual anxiety and we've seen that black and minoritized respondents through glitches ripple effect report were more likely to report feeling anxious than their white respondents so when you're telling somebody who's feeling really physiological um, experiences of of anxiety that what they're facing isn't really real, that you just come offline, it's so dismissive. And we wouldn't do that if we saw, say, for example, a physical bruise, or we saw an attack to a shop window. And there are that it's very similar. What's happening? A lot of people use the online space to to promote their businesses, to pro- to promote causes, to sell things, um, to promote themselves. If if their, their, their online shop window is being vandalized we wouldn't tolerate that offline but yet we tolerate that online and I think that's the same when it comes to the psychological impact and all the other um ripple effects of online abuse if people are are not sure what to say and that tends to happen like oh, oh, oh sorry you're going through that oh sorry for if people are un- unsure what to say the first thing I was just like I I, I advise is take a breather like take a deep breath and ask yourself, what would you like to hear in this instance? And it isn't saying, oh, I think you should just get over that or, oh, I don't think you should just, I think you should just make your account private. You would be like, I'm really sorry to hear you're going through that. What do you need? And I think opening, having that opening question around what do you need, particularly when you're talking to a friend or a student or a family member or or a partner really just allows that conversation to flow and that person not feeling that they're suffering in silence because we know that's one of the other dangerous um uh, ripple effects of online abuse that it isolates the victim who's being targeted and we don't want that we want them to feel like they are part of a community that is out there that does care for them absolutely and you made such a good point there about you know for, for
0: lots of people now um the online world is how they make money basically if you sort of think about lots of businesses very sort of small businesses people might sort of launch things online and then they sort of grow their following through things like Instagram or Twitter, or where, wherever it is. And so if they start experiencing abuse, that actually directly impacts them financially, doesn't it? But then also I was thinking about the other side to things. So, um, for instance, you know, people from sort of marginalised groups, or I'm thinking in particular for us, it being, being a mental health podcast, you know, there's quite a good community in terms of the the mental health sort of side of things. So you might really find a really helpful, supportive group being online so actually to feel like you have to come off and leave them that that's actually not great if you see what I mean if you found a group of people that actually really
2: understand I completely agree with it like I I I, I we wouldn't say that offline so say you went to a local I'm um, my background's in uh, as a local councillor and I was elected when I was uh, 23 so I often spent many many times in my local library which was a blessing because it was bringing back childhood memories and it allowed me to see the amazing services and offerings that were available to our to to, to communities and and can you imagine if there were there was a well-being kind of support service in the library and someone was inappropriate and the library staff told the person who was attacked to leave or say oh I just don't think you should come come back because you're a bit too vulnerable for this space. You just I couldn't even finish that sentence because it's just actually unimaginable, unimaginable. But we do seem to say that online and have this higher threshold when it has the same physiological and physical in, in impact. Um, and I think I, I try and talk a lot on, in the book and discuss a lot in the book that there are people who can't leave the online space and nor should that be an option when the web is a free space free space for us all when Sir Tim Berners-Lee created the WWW it was for 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 public good and for public use and it has there has been amazing innovation and community and there is and we saw how important that was during the lockdowns in 2020 and 2021 we know that's life for people as well before lockdown before lockdown where it when they are isolated at home when they are, aren't able to travel outside or, um, um, or see people, we know that online communities are a lifeline in a, in a society, in a world that is increasingly isolated. And I think it's dangerous for really vulnerable groups, whether that's um, mental health and wellbeing support groups, whether that's around uh, uh, LGBT inclusion, Black Twitter, feminist Twitter. I think our, really, um, our, our our community is so important and it's not for us to change our behaviours, it's for the platforms who are profiting and can afford to put in, um, in much more investment in safety measures. It's for them to play their role. It's for governments to hold... Um, Uh, them to a certain standard and we know it doesn't just affect businesses we know it affects community activism which a lot of this does come from community groups bonding online sharing experiences saying, oh yeah i went through that as well so actually let's 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 do something about this we know a lot of movements and activism is birthed through community getting together and it's our public sphere We know it impacts democracy and elections we saw what happened in the U.S. a couple of weeks ago with the um speaker of the of the house in the U.S.'s husband being attacked and that is being linked back to violence against women in politics so there is it's a huge uh it's a, It has a huge, devastating impact. And if we continue to blitz it with our language, we're never going to get a grapple with how serious this is for us all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You sort of, you started to kind of mention it in your reply just there, but what do you think social media platforms should be doing to reduce online abuse? And why do you think some of them have been kind of slow to, slap, to clamp down on online abuse?
2: Um, I think there is so much social media companies can be doing, and I try and go through a few... Um, I believe low hanging fruits in the book. I think this legislation, I think it's regulation. Tech companies uh, are an outlier here when it comes to businesses. Most businesses are regulated at least once, if not a bunch of times through health and safety regulation, through employment law and, 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 um, uh, you 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 hr law you name it and yet tech companies in terms of their business model doesn't seem to be regulated at all we don't have an understanding around the use of algorithms the collection of our data the way that we are advertised uh so advertisement is um is um uh, chosen for us and is is on our is on our platforms the way the algorithms feed certain content all of this is all of our knowledge on this is based on whistleblowers brave brave whistleblowers and like information from reports we actually don't have a real understanding of what is happening in this powerful engine that we know that can bring down elections and democracies and people um and can do so much harm um so we need transparency, we need legislation and regulation that, that calls companies to, to, to live to these transparent guidelines. We also need a code of practice. We need to be saying to companies, you can't create tech anymore without safety in mind. Because can you fathom, and I talk about this in the book, can you fathom a car company creating a new vehicle, electric or not, without, sa- without a safety belt, it's just unimaginable. You can't imagine a, a, a product going out there from the motor industry that hasn't gone through rigorous safety safety measures. I'm in the middle of buying a house, probably one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my life. And I thought setting up an organization and running for politics was stressful. But the amount of checks before we can move in around safety and regulation and warranty to make sure when we move in, that we are safe and that they've, they have built that um Property to a standard and a code that the government has said this is this is how you should be um, developing properties. It's really key for my safety. Yet, tech companies don't have to go through that. Um, parents who are deciding what school to take their kids to, they they ask a number of questions to make sure their kids are safe and are getting a good education and are with a good community. Like tech companies don't have to answer this at, at all. And I think it's really important that we have regulation to answer your second the second part of your question why they're slow to clamp down i think because when you have a a business model that is about profit and growth at any expense you will see safety um, as as something that is in conflict with growth, when actually it's probably going to make that platform more popular, and we've seen that with Bumble. We've seen women and minoritized genders opt for Bumble because they know that they are placing safety of their users at the heart of what they do. So we know that safety isn't in is doesn't have to be or isn't divorced from growth. So I think. Tech companies are making an intentional decision to be slow to, to clamp on online abuse. They've been slow to, um, to be transparent about what's happened. We've seen last month with Molly, uh, Molly Russell's inquest that was that found that social media companies played a part in Molly's suicide. Um, tech companies don't want us to know this and I think that's also been part of the slowdown so I'm really actually seeing the fact that lots more people are talking about Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter as a real public education opportunity and a real awareness and mobilizing opportunity to be like this does not have to be the status quo we can move tech companies to towards safety and towards making sure that online abuse isn't a unintended consequences, but is actually thought about when designing products and and innovation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean if you look at things like sort of TV and radio, obviously there's OFCOM and we just take that for granted. And (laughs) um it's just so strange, isn't it? The way it's it's still sort of a Wild West really with with tech companies and they sort of seem to pride themselves on being a Wild West and not being transparent as well, which is very odd. Anyway let's talk more about your book um so it's how to stay safe online um who exactly is it for and why did
2: you want to write it now how to stay safe online is for anybody that is having hesitations with how they want to show up on the online space um I aim it for people who are just about to go online and that doesn't matter what age you are um, and online could be starting a new platform and I gauge it for people to think through some principles and some um, some questions and some reflection questions before um, joining a new online space or a new online community. I also think about People who are already online, because a lot of us are, a lot of us had to be to, because of lockdown and thinking about what they could do retrospectively and what they could do um, to be back to, to, feel like they're back in control. And then I also think about their ecosystem, because to be safe online isn't just for the individual, it's for their parents, for their partners, their siblings, their family members, their friends, to also feel like they know how to support their friends and their, and that person on online. It's also for teachers and employers. Cause I think employers have a greater responsibility for their members of staff that are online, particularly those that have an online presence to promote the company. And we've seen that, um, um, be at the forefront of, um, of, of the news recently with, with more people being put, with more people putting faces to company names. So it's for the individual, um, on two in two key aspects of their online journey and their and their ecosystem,
0: one thing that I found really interesting that you've talked about is the idea of um online active bystanders um what are they, and how can people better support those who are being abused online?
2: Yeah, I think o- online active bystander just comes from the term um active bystander or bystander interventions that you see offline where um there's been lots of conversation around if you see someone being attacked or feeling dis- uh, uncomfortable or being harassed on the tube, text transport, transport um, um, police if you're in the in if you're in the UK um, uh, um try and intervene safely, try and try and distract the person, try and there's one there's one really helpful uh, tip of which says, send um, to the victim, pretend that he, as if you know the victim and you haven't seen them since school or something like that it's taking that intervention and realizing that we are a community and that we are allies to to, eat to each other into the online space that we're not there as individuals but there's make as, as a community that says what's the social norms and the behaviors that we want to be seeing on this platform and it's about making intentional and conscious decisions every day on 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 where we are online, what we retweet, what we amplify, what we like, what we say in the name of banter, making sure that we're not crossing that line and causing people harm. And it's about etiquette. It's about really good etiquette with being online and making sure we're just a good steward of this responsibility, this growing responsibility called digital rights. Because I'm a real believer that with every right comes responsibilities and that very much includes the online space.
0: And moving on from that, what steps should someone take if they're being abused online themselves?
2: This one's a really hard to uh, answer because the channels for reporting online abuse aren't the best. And I don't want to pretend that they are. Reporting process totally needs to be improved and made easier for users. And I talk about this in the book as, as some of the things that we should be calling on tech companies to do and what legislation needs to be um, including. Um as it stands, when you're facing online abuse, I think it's really important to deal with it in the kind of physical, like immediate dangers, and then making sure you're dealing with the aftermath. So, in the book, I give top tips around making sure that you that, that you are you are secure, so you're you're feeling safe. That if, if there's been a threat, for example, online, um, that that you are closing down. Um, access to that information uh, where you live or um, that you've escalated that to the police that you are by yourself making sure that you are physically okay and then and then once that is done talk I talk through in the book making sure you are dealing with that aftermath because when you' have been activated and you face trauma like that's another important language that we should be using like online abuse is so traumatic Mentally, physically, financially, making sure you are dealing with the aftermath, because I think a lot of people think, okay, like the dogpiling has stopped, the trolling has stopped, the commenting has stopped. And that's it. No, Um, people are surveilling, putting things, putting bits of information on your online space, on your on your different online spaces or platforms together. Um, And so making sure you're doing that audit and that cleanup and making sure you're looking after yourself and your well-being. So there's tips around holding exercises and how to kind of help regulate your nervous system because I am really worried that there is a real lack of mental health support for people who face online abuse um and I'm really worried that hurt people hurt people and if we don't help end that cycle of trauma by a real real thorough healing process we're just going to keep in, keep growing our pool of perpetrators online um
0: are you all right, just maybe share a couple of those tips, just specifically sort of thinking about how someone could look after their mental health following an an online attack. I mean, I realise for different people it will be different sort of methods, like breathing exercises or, um, or various things. But are there a few that you could share?
2: Well, what I actually talk about in the book is is ha- taking some time to date yourself to find out. What would you like to be in your toolkit and having that really accessible? So when I know I'm about to do something online, I make sure that I've I've done a bit of an audit of where I am online. I talk about that in the book about doing some kind of digital security checks. So I make sure that like you know no one's post anything online. My work numbers not been posted online or anything. I I take that stuff down or make sure that's been audited, and I make sure that I book like a massage and a hot bath and a and some really nice self-care stuff for me afterwards, like decompress, particularly if I'm doing um, high profile news about something that is deemed controversial. Like recently I was talking about Andrew Tate and the grooming on TikTok. I knew that was going to mean um, a kind of backlash from, from far right insul extremist groups. And um, so I made sure that I had time in my diary to look after myself. But the, this, this toolkit came from years of knowing what I needed when um, and what was going to really help me come, kind of come back to my breath. And because that like you said it really is bespoke for who, for the, for the person. My, so, my, my, my kind of most tangible tip is to check in with your breath. If you can see and notice that you're, you're holding your breath, you're not taking full deep breaths, checking with your gut, if you're realizing that actually, you know, your bowels aren't moving the same and, you know, you're, you're having some pain. Um, if you're ch- checking with your body, and that's the sign that, okay, you need to do something to your body. And I am a believer that your body holds the wisdom of what it needs. And it might say, just down a bottle of water. It might say, take take ta- take a half day, take a toll. It might say you need to talk to someone, which is often the case, talking to your manager, talking to a friend, um, talking to uh, a therapist if you are able to get on uh, the NHS <laughs> waiting list, which is going through the roof. Um but that's my biggest tip, checking in with your body, because it does have signs of what it needs to kind of regulate itself again. And when you are in that regulated space, like updating your toolkit as much as possible. I'm really lucky that I have been able to grow the team at Glitch. So when I am doing media media stuff or I am online or I am saying things, they are able to check, help me, help check for me and also schedule that decompression time so that I can just release it out and don't I'm I'm not holding it in my body
0: yeah that's such great advice I love that you sort of mentioned the gut in there because I know that for me the gut brain sort of link is definitely there and I sort of hold anxiety in my stomach but everyone else is you know everyone's different aren't they you know it's kind of a process of working out what works for you
2: yeah Some people have guts, some people have like tension headaches, some people getting colds. I get mine's like a, I can feel at the beginning of an ear infection. That's a kind of sign for me as well. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you need, it's really bespoke to you. And I think that's also a very unique opportunity. I try not to say like a a silver lining. So I don't really want to get into toxic positivity, but I think it's a unique opportunity when these kind of like crisis moments occur. And the book is also about helping you, helping you not get to crisis moments too. But when these heightened moments occur, I think it's a real opportunity to turn into ourselves um and, and meet our body's needs and, and really like have a thorough, deep relationship with us and be like, okay, what's this sign telling us that we probably wouldn't really have listened to if it wasn't for this kind of, tense moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um aside from those sort of tips,
0: um, what would you say to anyone who is struggling with online abuse at
2: present? Are there any kind of words of wisdom that you can share? First thing it's not your fault. You didn't do anything, it's not it's not your fault that you you I I, I hope that Th- listen to this it removes the kind of shame and the guilt that happens and occurs when someone is facing uh abuse and violence online and offline um the second thing is please talk to somebody and um, whether that you find that you can have a conversation with me through my book through Glitch's website and resources that we have there and our partners that we amplify on our social media or someone in your trusted network like please do and then the third thing is um really understand what online abuse is as well i think if we can better define online abuse we won't just be thinking about it as threats and like death threats and rape threats and these really really big stuff we will be seeing the kind of like low-hanging fruit the kind of low-level um but still abusive, um, behaviors like the dog piling and the trolling. And it's listening to your intuition when it comes to that, to be honest, because I talk about this story of when, um, before the abuse that I talk about in the book happened, um, I was, um, hacked. And I think I now looking back can see that those two things were linked, That this, 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 I had, there had been great, there was, there was greater, uh, um, attention on my on my social media profile and who I was my name and stuff and I didn't have a strong password at the time and that was actually a sign of like for things to come so I would say when you're facing online abuse really make sure you're talking to somebody making sure you're you're properly supported but then going back to like what does online abuse look like and making sure you're not missing the like steps that it that may have been taken to get to the big, the big stuff that kind of gets on, gets the the news, the the attention of the news. Thank you so much.
0: Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to add about the book or about the charity uh, or anything really?
2: I guess the, I guess the big thing um, to say, and particularly as we get into Christmas and the Christmas holidays, people are going to be using the internet more, like the reason why we talk about making the online space safe at Glitch. And the reason why I wrote this book is because I do believe that joy can be found on the internet. And we are in real dire times. And I do worry about the impact on the uh, the impact of the economy on people's well-being and their and also people's behaviors online and, and online crime and online abuse growing. But I really hope and wanna inspire people through the book and Glitch's work to to be, for us to believe that we can have joy online we can reclaim our online spaces we can reimagine and we can uh use the opportunity of people wanting to leave twitter and set up different platforms as an as, a, as an opportunity to reset and say like these are the key things that need to be need to be within the dna dna of a new tech platform so that we can all feel safe and have joy online and have this community because everyone is everyone has some battle with mental health at various degrees some uh, some consistently throughout um, their lives some at flashpoints we all need therefore we all need each other and we all need the resources that come from being able to access the online space so it's so important for us to find joy in these online spaces too and protect it.
1: So
0: this is goodbye from mentally. Ill. with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours, mentally yours, mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116 123. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to our channel and perhaps even go back and listen to some old episodes. We have many of them. Also, you can get in contact with us. We have a lovely Facebook group, which is called Mentally Yours. And we're also on Twitter at Mentally See you next week.